It is Monday, May 1st, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. We are super excited because we flipped the calendar. We're also super excited because Blitzball Battle 3 debuted last night with a doubleheader. We don't want to give away, we don't want to talk about what happened. We want to give a few days for people to shake it out, watch it, all that sort of stuff. Okay, Blue? Sure. Honestly, I had forgotten what had happened in these games. We did this in January, I believe. Seriously, like a lot of the things that happened, I, I watched the premiere. I was in the chat. Uh, 2,000 people watching live in the chat. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. I had forgotten a lot of what happened. Yeah, I didn't look you too haven't good. had a chance. Uh, yes, I would. I'm not here to say yay or nay on that, but you you can certainly say it. And by the way, we did this in March. We did we didn't do it in January. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man, I got too much stuff going on. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, also, the big news, we're waiting on a couple of medicals on Bryce Harper getting cleared to perhaps play Tuesday. So obviously, if that happens, we'll talk about it in Tuesday. Aaron Judge, we're still waiting on results of his hip MRI and to see what the Yankees do. So those are bit, two big stories we're, we're keeping an eye on. We just don't want to talk about them in case things change on Monday once the show is out. So we will start with a team whose hat I am donning today. That would be the AL West leading Texas Rangers. What was the bigger story taking three or four? three of four from the Yankees to put the Yankees in last place, a share of last place in the AL East and keep the Rangers atop the AL West or the fact that Jacob DeGrom left to start early again and ended up on the injured list. I hate these questions because the bigger story is obviously Jacob DeGrom being hurt. You know, we came out of his last start with wrist tightness. Now he's got a forearm tightness, which is like, you know, most of the time, means there's some ligament stuff going on in the elbow. Like that is the bigger story here. Like they need him to be at the top of that rotation. They've had some middling success with the rotation of Eovaldi just had a complete game shutout. So that's nice, but you need Jacob DeGrom to head your team. Now this team offensively has been going. Uh, so I think maybe there's some promise there. I hope, I hope you're going to take the other side of it. Uh, that they took three or four for the Yankees. I don't think Yankee fans are too concerned. They were one game over 500 with a ton of injuries, and they're just waiting to get healthy, apparently. The depth isn't there for them. But clearly, I think it's DeGrom being injured. And we're praying for the best. I know he just got put on the IL. I don't know when he's going to be back, but we need to see this guy in the hill because when he's been pitching, he's been excellent. And if they want to make a serious run at this thing, a real serious run, Chris, not just one good month, he has to be at the head of the staff. So here's the good news, Texas Rangers fans. You just took, uh, you won a four-game series against New York for the first time since 1995. Uh, if you look across a lot of the pitching metrics, you guys are top five or six in the league in a lot of areas. Uh, team ERA is nice. Uh, homers allowed. Your walks are very low. All that stuff is great. I don't know how the hell you watch Jacob DeGrom pitch if you're if you're a fan of the team. You watch it like this. And for people who are doing audio only, I've got my hands over my eyes because that's what it's become. In fact, when he left his start recently, Brady was having a baseball game. I turned to my buddy Lowell, the big Mets fan who you chastised on this show. And he said, is Ploof going to apologize to me now for not wanting Jacob DeGrom back? I said, probably not. But this is the way it rolls, man. I mean, this is going to be the story of his career. It's not going to be the multiple Cy Youngs. It's not going to be the borderline uh, Hall of Fame case. 
It's going to be the fact that every time he goes out there, you're waiting for him to leave before the sixth inning comes. And that sucks. And I'm not yelling at him. I'm, I'm upset with the situation. It's, it's difficult. You're right. I mean, look, I, I don't like to speak about injuries like in the future tense. Like I understand he's had an injury history, uh, but mm-hmm. guys heal and, you know, you, you just want the best for them and for Rangers fans. And, you know, lucky for them. I said, Eovaldi had a great start. Martin Perez has been lights out. Heaney has some interesting starts, you know, and so I think they'll be able to stay afloat, but afloat's not good enough, man. Like they mm-hmm. need Jacob DeGrom to be there. And uh, like I said, we can just kind of pray for the best. As baseball fans, we want to see him out there, not just Texas Rangers fans. They've spent more than uh, three quarters of a billion dollars in the off the last two off seasons combined. Being a cute little story is not good enough. This is a good, this is a major league grown up team. We we spoke about this on on talking baseball, which I just recorded. I mean, I I, I love that the Rangers are good. I was I was not so sure how the roster was going to mm-hmm. shake out if they were going to gel, but I love that they're good because they show that hey, if you don't have the depth in your organization, you can go out and spend in free agency and bring pitching in. Right. Amazing. Like they brought a bunch of guys in like other teams take notice. You can turn it around quickly. If you go out there and invest in your franchise. Uh, Two last things. The Grom's going to be shut down for the next seven to 10 days before they get another peak under the hood. Uh, Twice in his last three starts, he has left early. He has pitched very, very well. They have won all six of his starts have the Rangers, but he's pitched less than 31 innings total. All right, uh, let's move to the series in Mexico City. Padres sweep the brief two-gamer against the Giants. The teams combined for 15 homers in two games. Saturday was like a home run derby with 10 different players combining for 11 homers. Was it a little too much? I hate that I'm saying this, but probably, you know, we're talking like double the elevation, of course. And not only that, I was watching an interview with Machado and Bogarts that Yonder Alonso was doing, and Bogarts had to mention how fast the infield was as well. So we're talking about just a straight offensive showing here. And it didn't really show up in the second game. I think the second game was like 6-4 to four or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we had pitchers complaining like they always do that these stats shouldn't count and, oh, my gosh, the atmosphere is crazy. And like I said uh, earlier today with Jake, for once in your life, the hitter might have the advantage. Like, so like, let's just chill out a little bit. Uh, are we going to see a professional baseball team in Mexico city anytime soon? Uh, I'm not so sure. It's one of the places I think could work, uh, you know, geographically, but the elevation being basically in space is kind of tough to sell too many homers for me. It's almost like that. What the field of dreams game when, you know, every ball was a home run. Yes. Yeah. It was a little much. I mean, you could take it for two games, a year, I think. I do think that Major League Baseball, I know that they were allowed to bring one extra player per team. I really think that they need to bring two or three extra pitchers. I'm just talking about health and safety and not running guys out because balls that are pop-ups are leaving the yard. And so if we're going to have that, and we know that, and they had a problem with their humidor down there, um, they talked about that. I saw Susan Slusser covering that story and they had major issues. What happened with that. to it? What happened to the humidor, bro? They couldn't get it. They, I don't think they could get it calibrated the right way. And it's not a thing that like you can fix overnight. Like, okay, here's some ball bearings and things fixed. That's not. You think you think Machado work. was down there, like you know, sticking a screwdriver in it, being like, yeah, I'm not good. No, 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 <laughs> not pointing the finger there. Um, it was interesting. I was looking for pitcher quotes, and here's what Joe Musgrove had to say. He started Saturday's game. 
He lasted less than four innings. He went three and a third. He said, I can't say I love pitching here, but that's one of the funnest ball games I've ever been a sure. part of. I don't care if it's grammatically incorrect. That doesn't matter to me because we butcher the English language around here. If a pitcher who got lambasted in a game said that he had a ton of fun, then who am I to say, oh, that sucked? Well, he's got a guaranteed contract. So he's like, ah, whatever happens, right. we're good. <laughs> I bet some other pitchers in the game are like, ah, oh, not so sure about that one, Joe. But so the atmosphere was great. I, I love I love the atmosphere, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did too. I, I love the, the sights, the sounds. I love the Padres post game. And Dan, make sure you put this video in of, of them swinging at the pinata afterward. I mean, that was awesome. I hope they actually kind of take that shtick back with them to the States. I thought that was kind of fun. Who knows if it unlocks the Padres season because they've just kind of been stuck in neutral the first month of the year. But it was it was fun. And next year, it sounds like the Rockies and the Astros will be the one to entertain everybody down south of the border back in Mexico City. So that'll be interesting. Hey, uh, we've talked on this show a lot about the rebirth of baseball card fandom over the last several years. Well, Bowman Baseball, actually, that history dates back to 18, 1948. If I had said 1848, that really would have been some history. But still, 1948, when the first Bowman Baseball card set was released following the end of World War II. So it's become a favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card of the very next superstar. So Bowman Baseball, it is an inclusive product designed for every type of collector, from beginners to veterans. Offering top-rated prospects, rookies, and veterans, Bowman Baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everyone in the hobby, like my man Trevor Plouffe. Each year, there's new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Famers. And top prospects with first Bowman cards in 2023 include Drew Jones, yes, Andrew Jones's son, the second pick in last year's draft by Arizona, Jacob Berry, Justin Crawford, Spencer Jones, and oh so much more. So find the game's future stars in the 2023 Bowman Baseball available at your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops.com as well. Go get yours today. You still doing your baseball card thing? So they sent me a box out to break. I uh, had a Teddy right here, Isla right here. We all broke it together. So a video will be coming Love out it. about that. I did get a Drew Jones uh, first Bowman. So that's very exciting. Hang on to that. If you get doubles. I'll send one your way. way. Yeah, sure. Thanks. All right. Hey, Chicago White Sox. Congratulations. Let's clap for him. They won a game. Snap the 10 game slide. Andrew Vaughn with a three-run shot off of Tampa Bay, capping a seven-run ninth inning. That was not the biggest story, however, to come out of Chicago this weekend. Saturday, they had a no-hitter going into the seventh. Lance Lynn couldn't get out of that inning. Ten runs by the Rays. We also saw this weekend Luis Robert tap a ball, not directly back to the mound. Pitcher had to get off the mound to make a play. Robert jogged his way to first at best was eventually removed from the game with hamstring tightness there was also on saturday chance of sell the team to jerry grindstorf how big a deal was that stuff on saturday i mean they're they're just in a tough spot white Sox fans and the team and everyone and like you can kind of say maybe there's some uh sun on the horizon andrew vaughn caps the big comeback maybe that brings the spark a little bit for the White Sox, but man, there's just so much other stuff bringing them down. 
the Louis Robert situation is interesting to me because I, I honestly think it was a lack of communication between him and the training staff. And he said that he felt his hammy tighten up on him the night before. And I've been there, man. Like there are times where you don't know if it's serious or you just cramped up. So you go back and forth in your mind. Like, do I, do I tell the training staff? Because if I tell the training staff, I'm shut down for at least like two or three games. If I say, hey, my hammy's tight, they're going to shut you down. So like you go back and forth as a player, you're, you're, you're in this 10 game losing streak or whatever the heck it was. And you're like, I don't, I want to be part of this. I want to get out of it. Uh, so he hits that ball in the first inning. And this is how I know that I, there's no way he was dogging this because with his speed, he had a chance for a hit right there. And if you have mm -hmm. a chance for a hit and you smell it, you're busting your butt down there. Yep. I think he started to go a little bit and then was like, ah, I, I remember now my hammy's tight and I don't want to push it. It looked really bad. And the fact that he didn't communicate with his manager or his training staff about it, that looked really bad. It made the manager look really bad. So it's, it's kind of more of the same, man. Like communication is a huge part of a successful baseball franchise and they don't have it right now at all. Um, so I don't think he was dogging it. I think he actually was hurt. It, I would be shocked if he doesn't go on the IL. Um, but it definitely, it's, it's a bad look out there on the South side right now, Chris. Horrible look. So he did talk to his teammates, talked to a couple what, of yeah. them. And Luis Robert, unfortunately, the guy with mega talent, he's been known more as the guy who's been on the shelf more so than the MVP candidate. And if you listen to Pedro Griffal, if you listen to guys in that clubhouse and guys that cover the White Sox on a daily basis, they all say the same thing about Luis, that he plays hard, that this was kind of out of character for him. Yes. So he must be banged up. There is a communication issue in part because he didn't even know the name of his bench coach. Okay, when he was talking post-game press conference. Now, Charlie Montoya, former Blue Jays manager, is new to their team this year. But he didn't show up yesterday. There's something going on here. And I have asked the question several times over the last few seasons if it's just a bad mix. It doesn't mean that it's bad guys. It just means sometimes there's a bad mix that's going on here. Every time we've talked about the White Sox, you know what we haven't mentioned? Good baseball. You know who had the best month of anybody in April associated with the White Sox? That dude that called in on the radio for seven and a half minutes to ESPN Chicago. That guy had the best performance of anybody affiliated with that team. That's terrible news. I have no idea what's going on. Jerry Reinsdorf is a very loyal owner, okay? Kenny Williams has been there for decades. Uh, Rick Hahn has been the GM for over a decade. They have made exactly two playoff appearances in the last 14 seasons coming into this. One was in the pandemic-shortened season in 2020. The next year, they won 93 games and got bounced quickly by Houston. Other than that, they really haven't been a factor. I have no idea what's going on with this organization because you look at just the names on the piece of paper and you're like, shit, this team should be competitive. They've got no shot right now. They're going to be sellers. And if I were a White Sox fan, I wouldn't support the team. I would not go anymore and give my money. I'd check them out on TV. I would not go to that ballpark until they get this straightened out. Well, I'm going down with the ship, Chris. You know it. I liked them last year. I still can't fathom how bad they've been at baseball with the roster they have. So I'm going to hold on and hopefully that Andrew Vaughn knock got will get them going, will wake them up a little bit. I agree that Maybe. the chances of that happening are very slim. I'm not giving up hope just yet. You know what? Show me something on Tuesday. If y'all want to yeah. shut up people that are criticizing you, 
and they know it. What was their record? Eight and 21. So Are you shitting Eight? me? They should be thanking their lucky stars that they're not in the AL East, where they'd be 14 or 15 games back. As it is, they're nine games back with a minus 65 run differential. And I understand that they've had to deal with some real-life shit like the Liam Hendricks thing. That guy is is a vocal leader there. He's going to be back He's soon. He is going to be back soon. We've seen what him throwing, which is, which is unbelievable. And that's the best news of all, right? Baseball is our little fantasy land that we live in. That's real-life stuff that we're talking about. But at the same time, we're a baseball show. So we we got to call it like it is. The players aren't hiding from it. I mean... I mean, I know this is like a obvious math equation here, but you went eight and twenty-one. So if you went twenty-one and eight in May, you'd still be at five hundred. <sighs> I'm going down, Chris. Well, they... I'll be I'll be in the icy waters of the Arctic on the Titanic ship playing my violin. Just say Lake, just say Lake Michigan. It's close enough. She's there. Um. At any point this year, over any 29 game stretch, will they go 21 and eight? Hell no. That's so hard to do that. That's so hard. But, you know, look, it's chip away, guys. Series win after series win after series win. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm too invested now, Chris. I can't, I can't, I can't jump. And by the way, one last point here I am not a Tony LaRusa guy at all. But for people to still be blaming Tony LaRusa for this stuff, like this ain't on him. People say, well, remember he told everybody to throttle it back when they were running and stuff like that. But he's not there. I talked to Joe <laughs> Kelly on the Rose Rotation. He told me how different it was with Pedro Griffal, with pushing them, getting them sharp during spring training. And he may have been. So don't give me the whole, uh, this is Tony. That's not. This is not Tony LaRusso's fault. I will say this. If there's one little glimmer of hope for White Sox fans, the teams they've played in April, they must have had the hardest schedule in April. Baltimore, they Houston, did. Minnesota, Philly, Pittsburgh. The Giants, I believe, are the only under 500 team that they played. Tampa Bay and Toronto also. So they played a gauntlet of a schedule. It opens up from they play a bunch of those other AL Central teams that aren't very good, like the Tigers and Cleve and uh, excuse me, in Kansas City. And Guardians too. And they're they're under 500. So uh, they're struggling too. Yeah, they're struggling too. We'll see. All right. Let's move from that to the most impressive individual performance that you saw in April. It doesn't have to be the best player, just the a performance that maybe you weren't expecting where you went, this guy deserves some recognition. Well, this is a guy that used to be in the Minnesota Twins organization. I know we don't talk about the Oakland A's too much, especially specific players. Most of the time we're talking about the change in location or the ownership that people seemingly don't want in Oakland. Uh, we're going to talk about Brent Rooker. You know, he's been kind of going around the league a little bit, trying to find his footing. He was with Minnesota in 20 and 2021. Then last year he was with the Padres and the Royals, you know, kind of middling around, didn't play a lot. He had only 16 games last year in 2022, dealing with some stuff. <clears throat> this year he finds himself in Oakland. A lot of guys go to Oakland to get playing time, to, you know, see if they can, you know, revamp their career. I tried to do that. Didn't work out for me. But in 22 games this year, he's leading the entire big leagues in slugging 779. He's leading the entire big leagues in OPS with a 1.2. This guy's got nine homers, 22 RBI. He's going off for a team that is clearly not doing anything. It's very difficult to show up. 
and play to that level on a team like that. But Brent Rucker's saying, I am trying to establish my footing in the big leagues, and he is doing just that. Now, if he continues to do this, he'll be somewhere else on the contending team, and I hope for his sake that that happens. Uh, But definitely wanted to shout him out because, look, man, he's only 28 years old right now. You know, how many bats does he have in the big leagues? 308. Like, let's let this guy get some consistent ABs and see what he can do. In Minnesota, they always talked about the power this guy had. He's got really good minor league numbers. Like, has he figured some stuff out at the big level? Maybe. Is he going to be a 1.2 guy the rest of the year? No. But, man, it's a great start for him. I hope it continues. And maybe we'll see him on a contending team come July. He was a part of the uh, the Rogers deal um, from Minnesota to San Diego, the hater deal, I think. And then eventually shipped to Kansas City and then waved and then picked up by the A's. So good story. Good story. 14 me, walks to 16 guy... strikeouts. Sorry, Chris. I forgot to mention that. That's that's the most important thing to me. Excellent. 14 walks, 16 strikeouts. Excellent. Excellent ratio. For me, it's a guy who was expected to do this in a, a month of April at some point. But his first two years in the show, he wasn't even up the entire time because he wasn't good enough to stay up. And that was Jared Kelnick. I'm happy for him. And some people say, well, Rosie, what was he? He was top 10 pick in the draft. I think he went sixth overall to the Mets. The centerpiece of the Edwin Diaz, Robinson Cano trade. He's supposed to be here. Listen, there's a reason the success rate is so limited for first rounders in this sport, because it is hard as hell. It is a hard sport. And I remember the day he came up, I told you, I was like, this guy's got the swagger of a big leaguer. If he isn't knocking the cover off the ball i'm gonna be shocked and then he went like oh for his last 30 something before he got sent down again and he talked about it this year how much it meant to him that the fans stuck with him and he was almost in tears during a press conference because you could see how much this weighed on him yeah he might be a little cocky borderline arrogant but i think there were some really dark days for him over the last couple of years and for him to bust out of the gate even when the team didn't have an exceptional april Almost a one-dotter OPS, seven homers, five steals. He's hitting over 300. Let's remember, his OPS, his first two years in the league, 615 and 534. So I hope that this Jared Kelnick is here to stay, and I'm proud of him. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, he was, like, historically bad to begin his career because right now he's got a 1-3 war on baseball reference. That That brings his career war up to negative 0.7 that's crazy and is he how are you cocky from wisconsin i didn't think there was any cocky wisconsin people what's going on with that oh yeah there's plenty of people that are cocky in wisconsin i went to camp for six years up in the state of wisconsin most of cocky people walk around wisconsin i had no idea yeah i went to camp uh camp north star in hayward wisconsin 54843 i believe is the zip code i had to write that an awful lot on my letters home I'm happy for Kellenick because he made some adjustments as well. Like, that's what you got to do. You got to figure it out. The big level is very hard, and you need to be able to make adjustments. When the best hitters in the world do it on a bat-to-a-bat basis, um, but you got to figure out how to do it because the pitchers are going to be making adjustments on you. You have to figure things out. Excess movement. Get it out of here. Your timing has to be right, and he's been able to do that this year. More importantly, my parents sent me away to summer camp for six straight years, but my older brother, they did not make him go. Oh, my God. Um, I went for two months every summer. That's and they two kept him months? Around the house. Two months. I was gone for eight weeks. So 
because they sent me away and because they kept him home, does that mean that they definitely liked him more? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll spin it for you. Maybe they thought you could handle it and he couldn't. You were a big I boy. That was it. I think they loved him more. It's okay. Okay, maybe. That's so, that explains you know what, a lot. It's okay. You know what my brother's name is. I've got two brothers, but this brother I'm talking about. Uh, his name is Peter. It is. Pete Rhodes. I knew that. Yeah. Hey, Mother's Day is right around mm. the corner. It is less than two weeks away. So, people, let's get to it. In fact, let's get to Lightbox Lab-Grown yes. Diamonds. They can do all the work. They make lab-grown diamonds that you will love with pricing you understand. They've got everything from sparkly studs to brilliant necklaces. I guarantee you the gems you get will make her jaw drop. So, whether this is for mama or it's for your spouse, get her a stunning stone from Lightbox Lab-Grown Diamonds. It is a guaranteed W for you. So this year, forget about the flowers. Forget about the perfume. That's cliche stuff. You can do that at any time of year. Do this because the diamonds will make you the MVP of Mother's Day. And use the promo code baseball today 10. You're going to get 10% off your purchase. So please, for your own sake and for the sake of that someone special in your life that you love so much and you want to see her smile, shop Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds. Use the code baseball today 10 for 10% off of your purchase and take a little picture and send it to us with mom having that big old smile and we'll retweet it and say, see, we told you. So enjoy that. Oh my gosh. I love moms. Yeah, I know you love do. Them. Byron Buxton, a year first place Minnesota Twins had quite the homestand with five big flies. Hit one that went 453 yesterday. And then they brought out their own dugout celebration. The land of 10,000 rakes jacket, the little fishing jacket, vest, if you will. You usually hate this sort of stuff, but because it's your squad, do you like it? Well, the teams in Major League Baseball have just broken me down. It's like everyone has one now, so like I have to get on board with it. Um what I like about home run celebrations is that they make sense. You can't just like have something just to have it. It has to make sense. I wanted the hockey celebration for the twins. The tigers went and took that fine. This is awesome. I should have thought about this one. It is the land of one, a 10,000 lakes. Every single person, you know, in Minnesota has a lake house cabin. It's amazing. So this is topical. It makes sense. I really like it. I kind of wish they would cast the fishing pole a little bit. And yes. also I tweeted out yesterday, let's put a little lawn chair there with like a cooler right next to it. Cause that's what people in Minnesota do during the summer. They go on their dock and they fish off a little sunnies or some Northern, whatever it may be, but this is perfect. I love it. And Byron Buxton, if he wanted to, I bet he'd be the best fisherman in the world. That's the kind of talent this guy has. Now, would he only be able to fish four out of every five days, or would he? Oh my god! I'm he can only I'm he can I'm only. I'm sorry, that's bad. That's I'm fucked kid. up, Chris. I'm kid. It's a joke. I love Byron. I think he's a fantastic talent. He seems like a great kid. So I was. I'm just joking. He'd reel it up so fast, him. so fast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They do need to add that, and then one guy's got to go. Go hooking around and get. Drag down the dugout like okay, this. Let's, relax now. let's just relax now. Come on. Oh, do you I like do. it? I dig it. I, yes, I like all the dugout celebrations, but you know, that's because I'm fun and you're not. <laughs> I'm fun. That's I fine. just want them to make sense. Okay. 
All right, a few reminders here at John Boy Media. Uh, don't forget about the number one po- baseball podcast out there, Talking Baseball. It is uh, there for you to digest today. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with the best team in the National League, the Pittsburgh Pirates, their catcher, Austin Hedges. Yes, unfortunately, we don't cover the Drew Maggi stuff in here because it happened at we scheduling last week. We had to tape it really early in the week. So we'll get to that the next time. It's a lot of awesome stuff. Tip of the cap to him for getting his first two big league knocks. And Blitzball Battle 3. I am telling you, you won't be disappointed. We are so proud of the way it's now produced, how it's done. It hasn't lost any of its natural fun or anything, any of the original creativity that Jimmy and Jake thought about when they were playing back alley at bats. It's no, just it's so much more intense now. Oh, my gosh, yeah. dude. I know. It's it equal gets... parts fun and intense, which is awesome. Yes, that's what you're looking for, I think. You want to stay till the end because you want to see how it finishes on top of everything else. And man, oh man, Moylan was on a heater up there. I can't believe your parents sent you away for two months during the summer. It would make a lot of sense. Oh boy. Sense. Okay. We'll, we'll All talk right, about you want to do this again? You want to talk, you want to talk about Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge tomorrow? We'll do that, right? Let's do it. I can't wait. Okay. Awesome. For our one-of-a-kind producer, the potty mouth Dan Rourke, if you watch Blitzball Battle 3, you know what I'm talking about. And the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, who hates dugout celebrations, unless it's his own team. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.